All right, hello and welcome everyone to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella Marie and as always, super excited to roll into this next hour with you all. I had a chance to speak with our guest speaker, asked her about the good, the great, well, the good, the bad, and the great, because I don't, I don't want to do the good, bad, and the ugly. There's so much stuff that's been going on in 2020, so I like to leave it on a high note. Um, so she gave me her good, bad, and greats. I, I encourage everyone who is on the line here to write in the chat, let me know what's going on where you are in the world. Uh, we're pretty global here, so... I'm calling from Argentina. Our guest speaker is calling from Houston, Texas. We've got Connecticut representing Tennessee, New Jersey, Chicago, Bay Area, Chicago, Montana, uh, Spain, Detroit. Awesome. So if you're just joining us, hello and welcome. Uh, please write in the chat box. Let us know where you're calling from. And if you feel called to do so, give me the good, the bad, and the great as well so we can shout you out in just a few moments. Um, this hour is gonna fly by super quickly. You're gonna see that. So I just want everyone to feel comfortable and confident uh, for this next hour. The fact that you're here live with us means a lot. I know there are a lot of crazy things going on in the world. So uh, by being intentional and being present with us for this next hour, I, I see you, I wanna say thank you. With that said, um, to make everyone feel comfortable and confident, I'd like to invite you to turn your cameras on if you feel called to do so. The revolution will not be televised, but we'd love to see your smiling faces here for the next hour. Um, I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid any background noise, but I can't stress enough. Would love to hear from you. So feel free to hop off mute whenever you feel called to do so or write in the chat box. Um, if you do hop off mute, you will be featured in our live recording. Um, and with that said, I know that we live in a world where everyone is multitasking, but I invite you to be present with us and really, you know, share your voice. Um, and then you can rewatch this video later on Power to Fly and then take notes vigorously there. Um, let's see, what else do I need to go over? Ah, if you have any sensitive information and you want me to keep you anonymous, you can find me in the chat box under Mariella Marie, write to me privately, and I'll flag that to our guest speaker um, so that she can uh, respond to your question or your reflection. Um, and we'd love to, for you to follow us on socials and to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can keep up with all the great chats. We actually have a previous guest speaker, uh, Shar, on the line here. So I encourage everyone to watch her chat that we had, I don't know, was it another lifetime ago, a couple months ago? Um, and Khaleesi is a good friend of hers as well. So thank you all for just keeping this all in the family and you know, sharing great uh, gems and knowledge and you know, helping us to build our community here. Um, Khaleesi, I'm gonna pass the mic to you. I would love to learn a little bit more about you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you came to learn about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today? Sure. Well, good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Kalicia Johnson, originally from Detroit, Michigan. Um, now I reside in Houston, Texas. I am uh, have a mechanical engineering degree by background. Um, I attended Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, Florida, then went to pursue my master's degree at LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Been working in the oil and gas chemicals industry for the last 10 years. I'm currently a strategy and development manager at Chevron here in Houston. Um, been recruiting since I've been at Chevron as well. So I recruit at Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, recruit students for internships and full-time opportunities. Love it. Um, definitely has become my passion over the years. Um, Chevron doesn't have any full-time recruiters, so they ask the engineers to volunteer to recruit. So I've been doing that as well as attending diversity conferences to recruit students. Um, has definitely been a passion of mine. Ended up creating a nonprofit this past year. So definitely here to talk about that and just share my experience on how I've been able to balance, you know, my full-time job and pursue my passion and create a passion project on the side um, to help others who are considering doing the same thing. Um, so definitely here to help uh, answer any questions. Super excited to be here and super thankful for the opportunity. 
Yes, awesome. So we're going to roll through these questions one by one. You all have submitted some great questions offline. Um, and Kalicia, I'd love for you to share more about your journey as you go through these questions. Um, we'll start with this first question here. So for example, uh, if you see your question come up on the screen uh, and this is your question and you would like for Kalicia to dive in deeper or maybe you have something that you know happened yesterday that, that changes your question, feel free to hop off mute or write in the chat box. If this is not your question and you still wanna reflect and, and comment again, I wanna hear from you. So um, let's start with this first question here, Kalicia. Can you tell us a bit more about your story? How did you create the opportunities for you to grow in what you love without impacting your day job? Yeah, great question. So, um, so as I mentioned before, I'm a university recruiter at um, Chevron for my full-time nine-to-five role. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, I really enjoy going on campus, talking with the students, learning more about their journey, what they want to do when they grow up, and uh, where they want to be and see themselves as a profession. Um, so it's become my passion. Like every fall, I'm just super excited about going on campus and making those interactions. And I started to enjoy it more than my actual full-time job. Um, I've actually considered leaving engineering and pursuing um, diversity recruiting or university recruiting as a full-time role um, eventually, but I actually haven't been successful with getting, getting those roles. So, you know, I go on LinkedIn, look at these job descriptions, and I'm like, how do I develop the experience so that I am competitive for these roles in the future because I do have a full-time job and it's just hard to you know I'm not doing it full-time so I actually created I have like an engineering resume and a recruiting resume my recruiting resume is purely volunteer experience so because I have some gaps in those job descriptions to pursue those roles um, I just started to create an opportunity for myself it's like you know, I'm thinking like, how do I get those? Uh, how do I how do I narrow that that skills gap? So I created a nonprofit so I can create the opportunity for myself since I'm I'm not able to do it full time um, to bridge that gap. So. Um, over the years with recruiting, I've just learned that, you know, students who attend non-target schools um, that, you know, the bigger companies don't recruit at, they're just not exposed or have access to the opportunities, the wealth of knowledge and opportunity out there um, as far as scholarships, internships, and leadership opportunities. Um, for example, I recruit at Georgia Tech, and I've also been at Georgia State. So the Georgia Tech students probably get so much exposure to all these big companies and just have access to a lot more than this Georgia State student. So my goal with my nonprofit student career studio is to bridge the gap between the opportunities and the students. I want those students who attend the, the Georgia States, um, the St. Thomas's of Houston, those smaller schools, I want them to know that they also can have to, can have apply to those roles and actually work the, at those larger companies. Um, I passionately, be, passionately believe all students, regardless of what school they attend, should have the tools, resources, and access to scholarships, internships, and leadership opportunities. So that's my goal to bridge that gap, especially since we're in this virtual environment. Um, I started a speaker series last month where I highlight students, you know, that have gotten those internships with the companies, those those tech companies that all the students are interested in right now, just to share their journey and, uh, you know, teach and be a resource to students who are seeking those opportunities as well, just to ask questions um, to the students that don't attend the same school they go to. And I also interview professionals, you know, the, the dentists, the doctors, the pharmacists, the engineers, so they can share their journey as well. Um, 
so students can have the opportunity to ask questions and just learn more about it. We always, you know, I'm on LinkedIn all the time and I always see these. I'm so excited to announce <laughs> um, posts from people with new jobs and new positions, but a lot of people don't know that may have been their, their third or fourth time applying. So I'm, I'm seeking those, those journey stories so people can really share the challenges that they went through and how they overcome them so they can inspire others. Beautiful. Thank you so much for, for sharing that passion. And I love, uh, you know, accessibility for sure. Um, and transparency, obviously. Um, and, you know, visibility. That's why I always like to start these chats by asking and inviting folks to turn their cameras on so that we can see, hey, you know, there are people that look like me or, you know, there are people that, you know, I don't normally see in this field or in this sphere. And that encourage folks uh, more and more. So thank you, Felicia, for sharing that uh, at the university yeah, no level. Problem. Um, we have Caroline who wrote here, as you were sharing a bit about your journey and transition. Um, she says, same experience, trying to transition from finance to DEI. Everyone wants 10 to 12 years experience. I would love to hear you speak about that because honestly, DEI was not even a thing, historically <laughs> speaking, historically yeah. speaking, which is why we're in the mess that we're in today. So it's, it's, it's quite bizarre that people ask for 10 to 12 years experience, in my opinion. I would love to hear you speak to that. Thank yeah, you. I, I mean, I don't, I, <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't even have 10 to 12 years experience, but you know how they say a lot of a lot of men, even though they don't have all the qualifications, they still apply. So I would still encourage you to apply. Um, I'm not sure if if you are employed and if they have like employee resource groups that you can get involved in. But that's also another great way to get to get um, experience with managing programs um, and working in the DEI space if you aren't able to create an opportunity for yourself outside of, outside of work. So I'm not employed. Um, I left my previous job because I really wanted to make a full-time jump into DEI coupled with the fact that I was in a really toxic work environment. And I'm like, this just isn't worth it anymore. The impact that's taking on my physical and mental health, if my spirit is not in it, then it's no, there's no point in continuing. Um, so that was over a year ago. And it's been really difficult to transition. I've been applying to jobs left and right. I finished a certification program, Cornell's Diversity and Inclusion Certificate yeah. Program. I finished that yeah. a year ago. I've been networking like mad. I've gone to diversity best practices events and networked like crazy. And it, it's been challenging. So fortunately, I just landed an internship with a small DEI consulting firm. I just started in that space. So that's kind of how I'm trying to create the opportunity for myself yeah. just to get my feet wet doing DEI work so I can use that as a stepping stone to continue to apply for opportunities going forward. Yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah, and um, I would even encourage like, you know, post on LinkedIn, create a YouTube channel, create a podcast or just things that you learn so that you can showcase your passion and engage others as well along your journey. That's a fantastic idea. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yes, I love that. And I know you're going to dive in a little deeper later, but since we're talking about and actually Caroline is putting into practice now by getting experience, by doing other things, you know, especially because this is such a hot topic and it's so necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, what is, how do you envision the, the future of DEI and, and, and those opportunities? I mean, you are currently searching and, um, you know, building these, these alternative ways of, you know, building your, your portfolio, essentially. I'd love to just see your, hear your prediction. Yeah, I, it's, it's so much opportunity in the DEI space right now. I mean, it's, I think it's less than 
40% of Fortune 500 companies actually have a DNI team. Um, so I know like Roku, they were just starting to build out their DEI team and a lot of other companies are just now starting and they're looking for professionals with that experience and passion um, to get into that space. So I think it's gonna be tons of opportunity moving forward. Great, it's definitely a great time to transfer into that space for long-term growth. Um, Caroline mentioned the, the uh, Cornell University Diversity um, Certificate Program, which is something that my mentor also told me about. I think Northwestern may have something similar. Uh, LinkedIn Learning also has several like unconscious bias and different trainings you can take as well. Um, so check out courses on Udemy, Coursera um, to learn more about DEI, check out some articles as well online because a lot of people are talking about it, um, seeing what other companies are doing in the space. A lot of companies are talking about it but aren't actually doing anything. I know a lot of companies have recently started posting their, their data um, as far as what their employee, like their company uh, demographics look like. So it'll be interesting to track that over the, the next several years to see if they're actually implementing um, different practices. And also LinkedIn has several groups around diversity and inclusion where there are a lot of um, professionals in the space where they host like LinkedIn live events and things to network. So that's also another great opportunity to network with others in the space and just um, learn more about it. But I definitely think it's a huge opportunity for it right now. Great. And I love that, it, you know, we are essentially paving that way. I mean, if we think about our parents' generation, there was no DEI in my, yeah. you know, where my family's from. And so it's like now literally we're, we're, we're you know, occupying that space. And, and I hope that, you know, in the future, one of the things that we can do is it's just make it less toxic. You know, we don't need to play that same game, but with the, you know, with the brand of DEI in front of it. So, you know, I love that everyone is learning from scratch and also showing that this is something that is necessary uh, yeah. that they want to participate in. So thank you, everyone. Caroline, keep going. Everyone else. I yeah, see Caroline. Too. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. And we've got some uh, encouragement here for you, Calicia from Sumra, who writes, I feel like you'd be an asset for any company similar to Chevron that recruits engineers or people with an engineering background you know firsthand on what hiring managers look for since you're an engineer. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I mean, part of my passion comes from being that student. You know, I was a student, went to a non-target school. A lot of big companies didn't recruit there. So I kind of just had to find like an opportunity for myself. You know, I've been ghosted by recruiters. And when I joined Chevron, I wanted to become the recruiter I, I never had, you know. Um, so I, I always respond to every student, no matter what their question is. Um, and I've been in the business, so I do know what the hiring managers are looking for. And I do my best to provide opportunities to all the students that I meet. Sometimes I wish I could hire all of them, but <laughs> since we're so limited on, on slots, but I know exactly what they've been through, um, or what they're going through currently because I was in their shoes before. So I just try to make a difference. Because um, it is, it does make a difference, the candidate experience, you know, how you're treated, how, you know, how often the communication is, and just the transparency of everything. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that comment, because I, I was there, and it's really tough. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for the encouragement as well, Sumra. So Lakshmi writes, uh, creating a nonprofit involves paperwork, business plans, etc. Do you know or do you have any recommended resources that can help uh, those who are interested in going this route? Yeah, I actually had a friend. Um, I can't think of his company right now, but he just helps people start their nonprofits. So I just 
paid him, I think like a hundred bucks and he took care of all the paperwork for me, um, getting my articles of, articles of incorporation and filing all the paperwork for the 501c3. So um, if, I'm be, I'll be happy to share his information um, if you wanna connect with me after, after this on, offline. Beautiful. And again, uh, you all who are joining us live, you're going to get a rewatch email um, and we'll include some of these links and, and resources that Khaleesi is mentioning here. Um, Caroline writes, I love that, Khaleesi. Uh, there has been a lot of great attention and big donations to HBCUs related to the BLM movement. And that's great, yeah. but not every African-American student goes to an HBCU. There's yeah. a ton of talent just waiting at smaller schools. Would love to hear you comment on this. Yes, yes, for sure. I know um, a couple of companies, I know... Um, uh, that are donating like a million dollars over the next five years to HBCUs. But I also hear some a lot of complaints about the administration at HBCUs and how they're not proactive or the quality of students at HBCUs. But Caroline, Caroline is exactly right. You know, there are African-American students that don't attend HBCUs and still need that help. Um, so yeah, I think I think companies just have to find that good balance. Um, HBCUs have getting have gotten a lot of press over the last few months, um, but they, they, they also, you know, need love too. I'm a proud graduate of an HBCU. Um, so we don't have as much access as the other schools, but um, I think if companies can find a good balance to attract both, both talents, um, talents from both, both schools, I think that'll be the best, best way to move forward. Balance. What a beautiful word. And how if we could just incorporate that in our, in, in our search for, you know, whatever it is that we're doing in life, I think that that would just make the world a better place. So balance. If y'all don't hear anything else that Khaleesi says, because I also I also what baffles me is when, you know, maybe um, when when companies who are not diverse and historically speaking are not diverse, they they say, well, we can't find any any diverse talent. And it's like, Okay, but are you going, for example, to HBCUs or are you going to the neighborhoods where these diverse talent, you know, uh, candidates yeah. are? Um, because it takes work. It's there's no button. And, and even yeah. as great as LinkedIn is, not everyone is on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's I organizations like Thurgood Marshall College Fund, um, Executive Leadership Council, the UNCF. There's so many other uh, SCO. There's so many other um, corporations that, you know, have a pipeline of talent that's companies can partner with to get that quality talent as well instead of just going to the schools. All right, let's move on to this next question here. What's the biggest barrier you've dealt with when balancing your work and passion? <clears throat> great, great question. Um, for me, it was really just getting started. I mean, Shar's on the Shar's on the call. This is something that I've been talking about for years. Taking that first step is always the hardest part but you just have to get started do something once I got started it's like I've been going non-stop <laughs> so um, and just balancing you know sometimes at work I'm just thinking about nonprofits. like what keeps me up at night is knowing that students have no idea about certain opportunities and I'm like how can I help them so it's just a balance of you know still doing my nine to five and focusing on that and still being a high performer, but also making sure that I'm walking in my life's purpose outside of that nine to five so I can really make a difference and make an impact. So time management has been a struggle, but since I've been working from home, you know, I, I've learned to set boundaries. <laughs> so like at five o'clock, my computer is off and I'm moving on to what I want to do when pursuing my passion project on the side. Um, yes, boundaries, I, um, balance and boundaries, you know, how to <laughs> have your passion uh, and not get overwhelmed and not feel 
burnt out and not feel lost or not have imposter syndrome. I feel like those are really, you know, those simple but complicated, uh, you know, uh, positions to, to adopt. Um, and I'm sorry, I cut you off. I think you were going to say something else. No, I was just going to say having an accountability partner also helps like Shar and I meet on every Monday just to see, you know, what were your wins from last week? week what challenges are you having um, this week? Um, what is on your to do list for this week? And just encouraging others because it's so easy to get overwhelmed um, and to be consistent. So just having somebody that you can confide in and just push you and believes in you and supports you is it goes a long, 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 long way. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to this next question here. How do I start gaining experience in the area of my passion project while having no background to get my foot in the door? I would say um, start looking at certifications. Um, there are several online courses, boot camps, um, things that you can get involved in, like we mentioned earlier, um, Coursera, LinkedIn Learning, Udemy. Um, find jobs that you're interested in on LinkedIn. Look at their job description. Look at the requirements and identify where your skill gap is um, and develop a passion project or something on the side that can help you close that gap um, and put it on your resume. Um, but make sure that you're not just listing a bunch of hobbies on your resume, but that those uh, hobbies and things that you're actually pursuing on the side are actually related to that role. Um, but that would be the, 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 the uh, what's the word? The recommendation that I have. Yes, beautiful. Oh, and thank you, Nicole. She wrote in the chat box. Um, you can uh, access that link to Shar Winter's uh, last talk. So this is Kalicia's accountability partner um, yep. who's on the call mm -hmm. with us now. Uh, and you can watch her chat and learn about taking a sabbatical. So we had a fun time on that chat as well. Um, yeah, accountability partners really, really changed the game. I mean, I, I feel like especially during these times, um, I have just a couple of anchors in my life that I reach out to weekly. And that has definitely helped me keep my mindset, you know, with, a, with, a, with an open space uh, to where I can, you know, basically use this time to create an experiment, like even in the world of DEI, right? Um, that has been, you know, basically uh, non-existent. And now, you know, there is this big demand for it. We can experiment, of course, with empathy, with emotional intelligence, you know, with good ethics. Um, but let's have fun and experiment and see, you know, what happens when I when I listen more, uh, you know, and when I try to look at the B side of history instead of just the A side of history. And how does that affect the work that I do or the way that I, you know, seek uh, the way that I define success? Uh, I love that you're touching on these points. Let's move on to this next question here. How can we best present ourselves in an interview while having no background experience in the field we're trying to get into? Yeah, you no background experience. Okay, so goes back to get, looking at the job description and identifying the, those specific skills that you need. Um, start with start with what you love. Identify things that you find meaningful and fulfilling. Um, pay attention to things that bother you. Um, things that will make your life easier. I think the other day I found, I saw a lady, I think she was on Shark Tank and she identified a way to bring in a bunch of grocery bags. Cause you know, people hate making those <laughs> more than one trip to the car to bring grocery bags in, but she identified a way to just make one trip and bring all your groceries in. So just identify things that will make your life easier, things that you find annoying. Um, identify that gap and create a plan and solve it and see if you can, you know, use those skills and that job description where those gaps are to see if you can apply that to the passion project um, to, to speak to that in the interview as well to gain that experience that you need. 
Absolutely. All right. So I see we've got some folks nodding their heads and, you know, it looks like everyone's taking notes. I love this. Everyone's so studious. I'm going to hold for a light pause to see if someone wants to hop off of mute and, and voice their reflection or question with Calicia. So yeah. uh, use this time. All right. If not, I'll move on to the next question. I like to hold that space just in case someone needs the encouragement. All right. Let's move on to this next uh, question here. How do I brand passion projects on my resume? Um, listen to my experience, just like you would any other role, um, but be sure to demonstrate expertise that applies to the role that you want to pursue. Make sure it's relevant and it's not a laundry list of hobbies that you're just listing. Um, highlight the various skills and competencies. Make sure you highlight your results and your impact. You know, how much revenue did you generate? How many impressions did you have? How much engagement did you have? How many followers did you gain in three months or 30 days or 60 days? Um, how many, how much any partnerships have you gained or um, connections did you make? You know, you want to highlight those experiences so you can show your results and show that, you know, I did, the, I took the initiative and created this side passion project, but I was able to get results from it. And these are my results. And this is why I can do this as a full-time job because I was able to do it on my own for free. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's move on to this next question here. Could you share some tips on creating opportunities for ourselves and where should we start? Uh, I'll go back to start with um, identifying that gap. What bothers you? What what keeps you up at night? You know, what what's your passion? What do you love? Um, and from there, you know, you can start a blog, you can start a YouTube channel, you can start a podcast, you can start an online store, you can start a Facebook page, a Facebook group to build community. Um, you can hold a workshop, create an online course, uh, write an ebook. Um, Write a, uh, create an online portfolio or create a new product. Just start, start with where your heart is um, and go from there and see, you know, have an accountability partner, share your ideas with others who may be in that similar space um, and just, just start. There's so much opportunity online as well um, to create, create opportunities for you. So that's, that'll be my experience. I mean, the, my recommendation. Beautiful. And I'd love to hear from our live callers. Uh, let us know where you are in your journey so that uh, we can see, you know, maybe we can also influence and encourage each other and just, you know, put things into practice now by, by, by having some, you know, uh, accountability partners in the works. Yeah. Maybe some of you will connect on LinkedIn later on and continue to encourage and support each other. So let us know where you are, you know, what are your passions? What's your passion project? Has it, you know, are you having a hard time starting it? Are you a couple years into it? Uh, we just love to know where you are uh, as far as our live callers are concerned. So we can see what you're working on and, and support. Um, all right, let's move on to this next question here. In the meantime, as everyone writes in the chat box. Um, okay, so how can I earn more experience on my current job while I'm not being given the opportunity? Um, I would say to, you know, see if you can volunteer somewhere in a different department. I talked about employee resource groups earlier. Those are a great resource. Um, speak with managers in the department that you want to move over to. Set up a coffee chat. See, um, you know, if, if you have any transferable skills or recommendations that you can help out with their team. Um, see if you can help and volunteer on a special project on the side if, you're, if your manager um, allows for it. But just find those opportunities internally. Um, that'll be the easiest way um, to, you know, have, have, 
just be able to touch on that space a little bit and work on special projects um, that way that you're you're able to you know network and also have an impact on that their end goal as well. Awesome. So I see we've got some. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I see we've got some folks writing their current experience. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to flag this this question here from Amico. Calicia, uh, in your non-engineering resume, has your nonprofit completely removed your gaps? No, I'm still working on that. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of the jobs I'm, I'm, that I'm interested in is around the program management space. So I'm trying to develop pro programs that I can execute so that I can show my my results. And I'm still trying to figure out what programs I want to execute for 2021 to to close that gap. So that's something I'm working on now. Great, thank you for that question, Amiko. Thanks for that response. Um, all right, so Lisa, we're writing uh, our journeys, right? So Lisa writes, job searching for my first official role in UX design, previously in graphic design. I graduated from General Assembly's bootcamp a few months ago. Congratulations. Oh, cool. And then Karina writes, currently working on a data analytics bootcamp and thinking of ideas for projects I can show since I have no previous experience. Uh, would you like to comment on, on those two, Calicia? Yeah, General Assembly, I actually just found out about them. They are awesome. Um, they have what they call free Fridays on Fridays. They have all these free classes. Like I think last week I was in the Instagram masterclass, uh, Python, intro to Python, um, intro to SQL, all these different amazing digital marketing. They have some amazing courses. Um, so if anybody's looking to just expand their skill set, I would definitely recommend General Assembly. So congratulations from graduating from that boot camp. <laughs> they have a lot of opportunity as well. Yes, great. All right, and continue to write where you are. Ernie's would love to hear from you. Uh, and thanks to the folks who have already um, shouted out where they are in their journey. Congratulations. So Calicia, let's move on to this next question here. How can I find time to work on my passion project when I'm already drained from work? <laughs> That's a that's a, that's a really good question because I find myself in the same uh, predicament. I'm trying to find this quote that Shar um, actually told me yesterday. Um, let me see if I can find it really quick. Oh, here it is. She said, "Action expresses priorities." Um, so take a look at your day to day and identify like where your actions lie, how much time you're spending on it, how much time you're spending on the phone talking with friends, how much time you're watching TV, how much time you're in the gym. Um, see if you can take 20 minutes out of that to work on the passion project, 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. See if you can just manage your day to find time and, and you, you, you really need to take a mental break. I know I can be definitely mentally exhausted from, from my nine to five. So sometimes you just have to step away, go take a walk in the park or walk around your neighborhood and just come back um, and get back to it. Um, that's definitely have, has helped me as well. You, you just have to make it a priority, plan it out, break it down into small tasks and ensure you make progress every day. Um, that definitely helps me because it feels like a sense of accomplishment. You know, it doesn't feel like this huge task, but if I say I can do this one thing in 30 minutes, um, it definitely feels like, you know, I've, I've gotten something accomplished and I was productive, productive that day. So just get a routine and a schedule that works for you. Um, figure out which ones are important to you, which ones have the biggest impact, and lean on your support system and your accountability partner 
as well, just to hold you accountable and say, hey, did you did you work on your passion project today? You know, is there something that you can do today, whether it's just sending an email or sending an inquiry about something? Um, each of those steps just goes a long way. So that'll be my recommendation. But I, I definitely <laughs> can see how you can be drained from work. And sometimes it's really hard to just stay motivated. But just remember that, you know, this is a passion of yours. This is this is something that you really believe in. So when you just remember your why, you have to remember your why, why you started, why are you interested in this? Why is this meaningful to you? Does it make you happy? Does it make you more creative? Just remember your why every time. Um, and hopefully that'll get you, get you back motivated. Yes, and be a master of your time, right? And don't let time take the best of you. Uh, carving out yeah. just a little bit of space to take one step, I, I find that helpful as well. Um, all right, so I'm going to shout out some, uh, some, some more journeys in the chat box here. So Michaela writes, just starting with an official project. Uh, I have so many interests. It has been difficult to pinpoint what I want to focus on while creating the biggest impact on my community. Do you like to comment on that? Because yeah, mm, that's hard. Um, I would probably just write them down on a like a sheet of paper or a spreadsheet and just see which one has the biggest impact. Which one do you feel like you have the most passion around? Or sometimes there's some low hanging fruit. You know, sometimes some some projects take longer and more energy and effort than others. So maybe you want to focus on the ones that you know you can complete in the next six months or so, um, just so you can feel that sense of accomplishment and then move on to the next one. Or maybe they're all are they can maybe they all can be related and you can just break them down into smaller smaller tasks in order to get them done. But definitely um, just create a plan and and go for it. But it sounds like you have a lot 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 to go. So I'm looking forward to seeing seeing those results. Awesome. You got your accountability partner right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have someone who's commented, your passion project rejuvenates you. I definitely agree with that. Um, and to see it like also like not another thing to do, something that will. Yeah, bring it's not a burden. It's like, wow, I love doing this. It just gives me life. That's how I feel about mine. And I know Shar feels the same way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got another General Assembly Bootcamp grad here, data science. I'm trying to find my first data science job. My background is in microbiology research. Awesome, thank you for sharing that. Um, and then here, another person has written, Brandy, I want to transition into disability inclusion and accessibility consulting. I have, my, I have my lived experience and I think my work skills are transferable, but it's not in the direct field. So I just started a blog to document my experience and recommendations for the field. Awesome. Do you want to comment oh, on, good. on those? Yeah, things? the blog was definitely a great idea. Just continue to share that and reach out to people also in that field um, to share it as well. Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is an amazing tool. I'm going to always pub LinkedIn. Um, I want to go back to the data science data, data scientist uh, comment uh, for a second. Um, if you, if in the LinkedIn search bar, if you type in data scientists hiring, a list of people that are hiring data science, data scientists will pop up on LinkedIn. So just reach out to them, tell them your story, see if you can connect and see if they have any opportunities for you. Um, I did a LinkedIn presentation last week and I literally typed in data scientists hiring and a few people hiring managers popped up. So definitely lots of opportunity in that space. Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. We've got folks uh, singing your praises in the chat box saying thank you. Um, and then Lauren writes to Brandy. Uh, Brandy, can you post, can you post your blog? Share it in the chat box. Um, and yeah. she writes, 
that is such an important topic that is often overlooked and I would love to support. Yeah, so please uh, drop that link in the chat box and, and we would love to support you on that. Awesome. Great. Okay, so let's move on to this next question here. How do you find balance between your job that pays the bills and the one you're passionate about? When do you know it's time to leave the job that pays the bills for your passion? Mm. That's, I think that'll be different for everybody. It's, it's a very hard balance. Um, I had to cut a lot of things um, out that I was contributing to initially because um, a lot of things didn't match up with my end goal. You know, I had to stop being busy and start being productive. Um, so, and then everybody, you know, the timing of leaving your job varies by person, person by person. Some people plan ahead, save the amount of money that they need um, to survive for a year or so before they take the leap of faith. Um, others will leave once they're able to make the same amount of money or close to it uh, with their passion projects for their full-time job. So everyone has different responsibilities. So I think it really varies by person. Um, so you, you have to just do what's best for you and what you feel comfortable with. Absolutely. And I'd love to hear from folks on the line um, what has worked for you, because it's true. It depends on where you are in the world, you know, if you have family or not, if you have a community uh, physically, you know, or digitally to support you. Um, so would love to see where you all are now. So Shar, Shar writes, I had to stop being busy so I could start being productive. Yes. Oh, she's quoting you. Yes. Yeah. That is <laughs> yes. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and then Brandy writes, I love it. Stop being busy and start being productive. I'm learning that lesson as well. Great. So you're dropping gems yeah. and we are picking them yeah. up. Yeah. So like COVID has taught me, well, I think it's taught everybody just to sit down. I think we think we were just so busy running around and doing different things. We were so busy going to this event or that meeting. It's like now that I had to sit down, it's like, do I really need to be going to that meeting? Do I really need to be in this organization? Is it really contributing to my end goal? What am I gaining from this? So I've had to just stop being a part of so many things and really focus on what my passion and purpose is. Um, and, you know, again, setting boundaries, learning how to say no to things and people that aren't aligned with my end goal. Time is something that you cannot get back. If you lose your credit card, you can get another one. If you lose your purse, you can get another one. But if somebody wastes your time, an hour sitting in this meeting, 30 minutes sitting in this meeting, that's time you cannot get back. So you wanna make sure that you're being intentional about your time and the energy that you're um, you know, bringing around you. I'm all about positive energy nowadays. So um, I'm, I'm still having trouble and learning how to say no, but you have to be aligned with um, you know, your end goal. So you can just set some boundaries as well, yeah. Yes. And it's so, I mean, I feel like this is such a, an important topic to talk about boundaries and, and how necessary it is to make sure that you can stay focused and healthy and, you know, discover, have that silence, be able to create space in your, in your day so that you can yeah. be more in touch with your passion. Um, and uh, I see that Caroline has her hand raised. I lost my track. Go ahead and go ahead and uh, speak. And I hopefully I'll remember what I was saying. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make Don't worry. No, no. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Go for it. I think it. what Calicia described is so on the mark. She didn't use this word, but what she described was reflection, right? This time that we have now yeah. has been a perfect opportunity for reflection and really prioritizing what is most important to you. Yeah. And I think it's a fantastic opportunity to really almost reinvent yourself, right? If you're finding yourself doing work that doesn't move your spirit, take stock and see how can you move more toward those things that you really want to be doing. So I love this conversation that we're having. It's so on point and so timely. So thank you. Yeah, great, great point. 
Thank you, Caroline. Thank you for that. Um, and Lauren here writes in the chat box. I also really like done is the new perfect. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, she says I'm a perfectionist and get in my head. So just getting done, then you can always uh, go back to refine. Do you want to comment yes, on that? Absolutely. Yeah. Shara and I talk about that all the time. You know, just, just put it out there in the universe and you can always edit it later, but just, just, just get it out there. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Uh, and Brandy writes, thanks, Lauren. Uh, it's, let's see, I lost it here. It's very new, but I'm moving through the fear and putting it out there. Uh, I'm sure it will look a lot different by this time of year. Okay, great. So Brandy is sharing a link there for all of us to, to take part. And I love this. So actually, I'm going to use this opportunity because I like to practice what I preach. And, and now that everyone is, is joining us and we've got uh, just about a little over 15 minutes left, um, if you would like for the folks who are calling live to connect with you, please drop that link in the chat box, uh, your preferred way of connecting, whether it's LinkedIn or whatever your prefer preferred way is. Um, and then I invite everyone to maybe reach out to a couple folks um, and you know we can start to uh, expand, explore, support, you know, generate new networking communities. Um, I find that, you know, especially because you all are on this chat, you all have a common interest. So maybe, you know, you can take this conversation uh, outside of this chat. So feel free to write in the chat box your preferred, way, your preferred way of connecting here. All right, let's move on to this next question. So how do you know when it's time to leave your job for your passion project? Which stage should we be in? Um, again, it varies. It varies by person. You know, everybody's experience is different. I'm single, no kids. So my situation can be different from someone who has a, a family of four. Um, you know, so I think, um, I think you just have to, you know, follow your heart, plan, um, save money, see how much you need to survive without without your full-time nine to five job. Um, and then, you know, make a plan for your passion project to generate income. Um, start reaching out to investors and, and getting donations from family and friends and just putting yourself out there. Start doing some pitch competitions so you can get some funding as well. Um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to vary. It's, I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all one answer for this one and which, which stage you should be in. It just varies on where you are. That's a great response because we're all different, right? And I think that one thing that we're learning specifically during these times is, you know, as we are in isolation, we have more time to reflect uh, and we're hopefully being uh, more aware of our, of our emotional intelligence and, you know, connecting more with our passion projects or passions. And then if we want to create a project out of that, we do that. Um, I would love to hear you speak a little bit about isolation since that's something we're, we're experiencing on a global level. Um, at varying degrees, obviously, but can you speak a little bit about isolation and, and maybe how we can uh, use this time to really, you know, hone in and develop our, our passions? Yeah, I actually saw an article about this not too long ago um, when I was just going through like career pivots um, and what I wanted to do. How do I find out like what my passion really is? And it's, I just wrote down, you know, while I was in while I was isolated in the home by myself, just writing down like, what makes me happy? Where do I, where, what, what am I doing when I feel alive? You know, what, what drives me? When, how do I feel? What makes me happy? Um, what, what, how do I feel when I'm making an impact? And what am I doing when I feel that way? Um, those are just some questions that I, I just, 
you know, ran through in my head and just started writing down things I just like to do and seeing like, is there a role for me in this space? And for me, it was recruiting. I love, love, love recruiting and talking to students and helping them with their journey and fulfilling their dreams. So I think if, if you can just get in tune with yourself and ask yourself those same questions, like, you know, what, what means, what's meaningful for you? When do you feel creative? When do you feel alive? What are you doing? Um, what are you doing when you're happy? Those type of questions, um, I think can be really insightful. Absolutely. And because the rhythm is, is a lot slower these days, uh, well, obviously, yeah. depending on, on what you're doing with your time, um, you, you, you can not force yourself, but you can call yourself to sit with that instead of just going on to the next thing and not really paying it any attention. And then yeah. five years pass and you're like, how am I still in this situation? Because <laughs> of this, you know, this productivity, this, this, this uh, machine of productivity that expects people to just be like hustling and on all the time, um, which, yeah. you know, we talk a lot about burnout on these chats. We talk yeah. a lot about, you know, imposter syndrome. And I just feel like, you know, carving out, like you said, carving out some time so that you can be with yourself. And especially during these times, always being yeah. kind to yourself because there's a lot of, of crazy things going on in the world. So it's like now is the best time. Actually, I think someone mentioned that in the chat box. Now's the best time to try to explore something and see how we can develop them into a project, passion project. Yeah, Hate for sure. Passion project. <laughs> Yeah, for Great. sure. I was just gonna you 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 triggered a com a thought in my head, but I forgot. <laughs> well, it'll, let's, hopefully it'll come back to me. <laughs> it'll come back. It'll come back. And in the meantime, uh, Shar has a question here, so feel free to hop off mute, Shar. Yeah. So hi, Calicia. Um, excellent chat. Just so much so much knowledge being dropped. Um, one thing that I noticed about your journey that's really, really inspiring is you had a lot of really nice features about the work you were doing. Um, I just saw someone post in the chat, Chad posted um, your re-engineer video, and there was another um, feature done by Voyage Houston yeah. that was amazing. So how were you finding, were these people reaching out to you to do features in press because it helps with visibility, or were you reaching out to them? A mixture of both. Um... You know, in Houston, they have some local magazines that highlight people doing great work in the community. So I just reach out and just, like I say, shot, shoot my shot and see what happens, you know, send a cold email and see who responds. Um, Shadrach Stevens, he's on the call. He, I actually met him on LinkedIn and he has an organization called Reengineer where he um featured me and did an amazing video and I'm so thankful for the opportunity and he also connected me with other organizations that are doing great work in the community called Upwork so I mean LinkedIn is my bread and butter I've met so many connections on LinkedIn and you just so many doors open from people that you network with so I'm definitely thankful for for Shadrick and um, all the opportunities he's afforded me as well. But yeah, definitely both. Um, people reach out to me and then I just go out and find opportunities myself as well. Oh, okay, so it seems like LinkedIn, you mentioned a lot. Are there any other tools that you would recommend people try to leverage if they're interested in building out their passion project that you found useful from like productivity, scheduling, creating, you know, there's so many things that go in, goes into this. Yeah, um, let me think. Um, man, there's so many tools out there, Canva, um, to create flyers and videos. You told me about Canva. Canva is a great platform. Um, reach out to, I follow like editors of different other, other magazines to see what they're writing about and seeing, you know, maybe they could write about me one day. Um, <laughs> um, what else, Shar? Uh, 
I'm trying to think. Oh, you know, another good one is Calendly to schedule. Calendly, yeah. Yeah, Calendly. Um, I'm learning about Sway, uh, Microsoft Sway to um, create like presentations and newsletters and things like that. There's also a platform called uh, Powtoon, which is a visual communication platform. Um, I saw someone post about on LinkedIn, just a creative way to showcase their work and their, and their, uh, their resume. Um, so there's a lot of different softwares and things like that online where you can create a portfolio and just get different ideas of how to use that in your passion project. And, and there was one more tool that you used that was really good. It was around scheduling Zoom meetings and tracking attendees and all of that. I can't remember the name of it, though. Oh, it's called Luma, L-U dot M-A. Um, so when I do my career chats, Luma is you like register for the event on Luma and um, you can create questions um, as people register just to get some demographics. But it's a great way to capture uh, your audience. It's almost like a Google Forms, but you can create your own Zoom meetings through their great registration platform um, as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Shar, for those uh, follow-up questions. And I love that you're, yeah. you're sharing the resources uh, that, are, that you're finding beneficial. I, I'm, what's interesting now is, you know, that we are moving more virtually, um, especially these days, you know, being able to create things on, on our own and not necessarily have to hire, uh, you know, a marketing manager or a social media manager. It's like, right, let's take this free yeah. course on Fridays, you know, at, at the General Assembly. Let's, you know, get a free account at Canva and and I find that that is beautiful because you can uh, find a way to express yourself and make your own, like build your own brand, right? You don't need to rely on some yeah. third party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use Fiverr a lot um, just to get things done for really cheap, five, $10 to get a flyer or a website or something created. Um, my friend just told me about um, Video Hive. They help you create videos um, based on all their templates. So I'm going to start using that and checking that out as well. Awesome. Uh, Brandy has a question. Was the other one how to? Um, let's see. How to? Did you mention? Well, Kalisa is going to send some of these resources in a, in a rewatch email too. So just, uh, just so you know, so all of the, the knowledge that she's dropping now, we'll, yeah. we'll be able to see that. Oh, it's Powtoon. I've used it. Okay. Thank you, Sumra, for that. So P-O-W-T-O-O-N. Yeah, P-O-W-T-O and Powtoon. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Okay, cool. So we've got about 10 more minutes left. Um, I'd love to see, I can read this next question. We can roll, uh, continue with these questions on the screen, but I'd love to see if anyone has, um, uh, wants to share their voice. So uh, now would be a, a nice time to come off mute and, and voice your, your question to Galicia. Yeah, for sure. If not perfect. Another I can go on. That, another question that I saw earlier was um, some examples, some, some stories and examples of people whose passion projects like really went big. So, I mean, Craigslist is a really good example. Craig Newmark was a programmer at IBM and he started out as a, I think Craigslist started out as a simple email distribution list to his friends, letting them know about events in the Bay Area. And then, you know, the list just called on to the Craigslist that we know today. Under Armour is another brand that started out as a side project. Um, Their owner was frustrated with the thick, heavy football material um, clothing. So he just created his own moisture wicking t-shirt himself and started making t-shirts for his friends and then started manufacturing these t-shirts from his grandmother's basement. And now, you know, 
It's a multi-million dollar company, Under Armour. Even Airbnb, their founders started renting out their floor space in their San Francisco apartment to earn some extra money and the visitors slept on airbeds. Um, and now we have Airbnb, which I use pretty frequently when I travel. <laughs> so app, Apple, Etsy, Twitter, Groupon, Instagram, you know, I feel like everybody that has taken a shower has had an idea, but you know, the ones that actually act on the idea and get started on that idea are the ones that are going to, you know, rise above everyone else. So if you have an idea, stop sitting on your idea, just get started. That's, that's the hardest part. And it took a long time for me to also get started. But once you get started, I mean, the world is yours. The opportunity is yours. It's so much to gain so much opportunity out there, so much impact you can make. And don't worry if someone else is also doing the same idea. I just I just tell people like, you know, when you go in the mall, you see a million clothing stores, right? You know, you're not gonna stop, you're not gonna pursue your 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 idea of owning your own boutique just because it's another boutique down the street. You know, drive on it's so many gas stations, they all do the same thing. So just figure out what makes yours unique. Um, I, I know that people people don't buy products, they buy the why behind the product. So make sure that you're sharing your why. Um, make sure that you're sharing your story because that's what's gonna make people um, really gravitate towards your brand, so. Beautiful, thank you for that encouragement, Calicia. I have a private message here. Uh, can Calicia share insight into how she was able to raise money for the scholarship she created through her nonprofit? Yes. So a lot of companies um, like Chevron, Microsoft, a lot of the big companies, they do like a donation match program. So I was actually able to register my nonprofit um, through the third party that Chevron uses. I think it's my cause. Um, and I also have some friends at Microsoft that literally was able to just put me in their system as well. So when I just send the email out to everyone in the office, like, hey, this is my nonprofit. This is what I want to do. And so if they if they donate ten dollars, Chevron will match it ten dollars. So I try to do that. And then, you know, family and friends are always super supportive. And that's really how I've been raising my money um, the past couple of years for my scholarship. Awesome. Great. Yeah, I know that money is always a big uh, another reason to sit and not act. Right. So it's nice to hear that, you know, you can find these these resources. Um, <laughs> whether they be, you know, support groups, your accountability groups, you know, your, your yeah. to, and investigating, right. To see if your, your current company or, you know, your community offers these matching uh, scholarship opportunities. I love that. Uh, Brandy uh, wrote here. I love this quote that I saw on Instagram the other day, a flower does not think of competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Stay in your own lane. Yeah. If you have an idea, go for it. You have nothing to lose, nothing. <laughs> Just get started. And can you share the name of your nonprofit and all of the aspects of it? Um, Student Career Studio, uh, we help um, minority collegiate students get access to scholarships, internships, and leadership opportunities. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and Facebook at Student Career Studio. Um, I do have a website that is still in limbo, but it's studentcareerstudio.org. Um, I really want to get in touch with students that attend those non-target schools. We help with resumes, mock interviews, LinkedIn optimization uh, profiles, and just mentoring. A lot of students don't know what they don't know. So 
I get a lot of fulfillment and passion out of, you know, directing them, providing them advice, you know, how to reach out to uh, recruiters on LinkedIn, how to find recruiters on LinkedIn, um, and just give them the encouragement to just apply. <laughs> we talked a lot of today about getting started, but a lot of students are just hesitant to apply. They don't feel like they're uh, they don't feel like they're qualified, but there's so many online courses. You know, I had a student uh, screenshot me a message from a recruiter yesterday at Lyft and the recruiter was asking him, you know, do you have any experience with data structures and algorithms? He So he messaged me and said, no, I haven't taken any class about this. I don't have any idea what it is. I was like, well, just go to Google and type in free data structure and algorithm, algorithm course. And it was literally one on Udemy for $15. I say, take that course and and respond and say, hey, I haven't taken this course in school, but I've taken the initiative to take an online class. That's how you get around questions like that. There's so many online um, classes. We talked about general assembly. So whatever that skill gap is, if they say you need experience with Python or Java or whatever it is, I'm sure there is a free <laughs> or a minimally uh, <laughs> minimal cost course you can take online to just at least give you the basics of it so that you can speak to it and then you know you can decide if you need to get advanced skills but YouTube Google they're your best friends awesome and then we have a question here from Lisa do you provide help or advice for UX designers too actually actually just took a general assembly course on UX design so I'm not too familiar about it, but Lisa, I'm happy to connect. I know I've connected with a few people in UX design on LinkedIn, so I'm happy to make the make the introduction for you. Awesome. So we've got about two minutes left. Uh, Khaleesi, I'd love for you to leave us with some food for thought. Um, and then again, let us know how we can find you on socials and online and support the great work that you're doing. Hmm, food for thought. Um, I guess I, I live by a quote that it's not what you gather, but what you scatter that defines, you know, how you've lived your life. So I'm all about, you know, sharing information um, and just planting seeds in different places a lot to allow people to groom. Like, don't, don't be intimidated by someone else having your idea or another woman in this space. Like, there's enough opportunity for everybody, <laughs> everybody. Um, so just remember, you know, just get started. Just a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step just take that one step if you can even take that step before next thursday the end of 2020 i think that would be a win and just kick off 2021 pursuing your passion um closing that skill gap so you can get move into those spaces that you're you're yearning to get into um, definitely um, encourage everybody, you know, I'm happy to connect with you. Please send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, if there's anyone in my network on LinkedIn, I'm happy to make the introduction for you just to help you pursue your dreams. If there's anything I can do, please let me know. Yes, I love that. It's for me, it's about that as well. You know, sharing your resources, you know, making space at the table, leaving the door open and actually genuinely wanting to, to, to influence. It's such a big, you know, communication and opening your network. It's such a beautiful way to yeah. influence and create, you know, positive change. So we've got folks in the chat box saying that this has been an amazing uh, chat with lots of practical advice. So thank you all for joining. Uh, thank you, Kalicia. We're definitely going to move, uh, find you online and support the good work that you do. Um, and, you know, take care. This is the end of the year. So everyone, you know, yes. Find the courage within yourself. Take all of Khaleesi's uh, pieces of advice. Rewatch this video later. You can take notes there. Um, and again, thank you, everyone. We'll see you on the next chat.
Thank you, everybody. Have a happy holidays. Happy New Year. Bye.